So what marketing strategy should you take to maximise your sales this year, despite all those challenging things that are going on? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email, SEO, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. Well, this month we're all about the things you need to know to have a great end to the year. So we're going a little bit eclectic. I've built the month's lineup based on what I'd be swatting up on right now if I was running an e-commerce store and aim to make each episode packed with what you need to do so we can really streamline your getting up to speed for the holiday season workload. Basically, listen to this month's five episodes and you're covered, okay? In this episode, we're tackling the one that's had the most arguments on LinkedIn, What does it mean for your marketing activity, your plans, your budgets, etc. with all the inflation, increasing costs, credit squeezing, dare we say it, recession um, that may be coming up for us? What does that mean for your marketing activity? We're going to cover that. My guest is going to give you five key things you need to do. And then his insider tips are brilliant. So make sure you listen right to the end of the episode so you get those And then you get my suggestions on some other free things that are going to help you improve your performance this year. So stay tuned to the end. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with e-commerce expert Ian Hammersley. Ian is one of the Hammersley brothers, author of the brilliant and best-selling book, Ultimate Guides to E-commerce Growth, CEO of Smarty Business and dabbler in running his own e-commerce stores too. Hello, Ian. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so cool to be catching up with you again and recording it so the audience can hear what's hopefully going to be our useful advice and not just a wallow through recessions past. Who knows? Anything could happen. Um, how, how's, how's your year been going so far? Well, I mean, well, eating, sleeping, breathing e-commerce businesses, that, that's for one. On both sides, because we've, we've we've launched a couple of our own e-commerce brands, so that's been fun, and um, and I have a greater found empathy for for supply chain and stock. So whenever we were focusing on growing e-commerce businesses, uh, for other people, we were like, yeah, just you know, just get your stock sorted out, just you know, carry on, you know, carry on with your customer service, and then obviously realizing that's a lot harder than we we find. But generally, a fun, interesting market this year, coming down from lockdown the huge bubble and growth of, of e-commerce and, and, and seeing what's left with it, you know, that's been, that's been interesting. 
Yeah, because you, like me, have been in this industry for nearly 20 years and have done a recession or two, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the fun bit. So when we started, an e- we, were, we were doing e-commerce really at the start of the last recession, if we're coming into, we're not going to be allowed to use that word, are we? But but the 2008... Well, no, te- technically, no, we're not allowed no, to use that word. Not. But. Self-fulfilling prophecy. But it's <laughs> but we we were we were really pushing e-commerce big for the first time, probably in about two thousand and eight. In two thousand and eight was when the financial crisis was happening. So it's quite familiar territory to and we get quite excited actually because at two thousand and eight we were working with brands like Brook Taverner and Cox and Cox and GSF Car Parts and. You know, you're fighting. It's an opportunity to fight against the big boys when you might not have that chance again because there's a lot of disruption that happens. And one of the biggest questions we always ask in e-commerce is, well, how can you be be a disruptor? So if you're an e-commerce brand, how can you disrupt things? And when there's a recession, customers look for different suppliers and it opens up the market and it it can pave the way for a, a smaller e-com business to go against some of the big goliaths when they couldn't do it before so this is this is quite fun (laughs) it is and there's there's quite a lot of brands and bigger businesses who make awful decisions during recessions as well like we're just going to cut all our marketing why why would you do that which which presents an opportunity for smaller brands as well to to get in there doesn't it yeah they, they make big rash decisions Probably from the top that comes down from people that don't really understand what's going on, and they and they they cut it all. And and I think also in big it, when big brands start to struggle, it's often the people that started the econ brand might be maybe it was ten years ago. You have to work a lot harder when you're growing an econ brand from zero to ten million than if you're growing an econ brand from fifty to eighty, because mm-hmm. at that stage you're you. And this, this is I massively don't want to offend anybody who's doing that, but they're sat on a big brand and a huge customer house file. And obviously, people know who they are. So that's very difficult for a business that hasn't had to hustle and really grow and be that disruptor. You know, so I think the big businesses really panic and they, they, they really cut back. And the smaller ones who are much more agile can disrupt and it's quite interesting. And that's what we did with 2008. You know, we, we, these brands that we were working with were, were nothing, you know, maybe a million or two million. And now they're doing 20. But we, we used that opportunity in 2008, 2009 to push, to, to, do, to do things that were much more, a bit more crazy, really. Yeah, there's definitely opportunities to be had. But as we said, technically speaking, we are not yet in a recession. We are in a, an inflationary period. We do have costs going up for brands. We do have the supply chain issues and all the rest of it. But I guess with the brands you're working with, what are the biggest issues they're dealing with and anticipating for the coming year? So the the reality of, that's happening this year is margin is tighter. You know, the costs have gone up. We haven't been able to pass on all the costs to the customer nor do we necessarily want to. The customers are a bit more sceptical, you know, so they're not making decisions as easily as they did. There's more competition online. You know, uh, There was the iOS Facebook change that we're still talking about that happened, 
I think it was like last year at some point, there there were a lot of VC funded e-com businesses going crazy during lockdown, spending loads of money. And there's a lot more new players who've entered the market. You know, and there's you know there's a lot of you know manufacturer brands who were going through the retail channel now selling direct. So in all all in all, what it's meant is that the return on ad spend for our e-com brands is is tighter. You know, so they might have been happily operating on a a five times ROAS, and now all of a sudden they're on a three point five, and they're thinking, well, well, what do we do? So that's the that's the challenge of it. You know, a rising cost of advertising, a reduced margin and a more sceptical customer. Yeah, it's like it just all makes life a bit harder, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, and, you know, so it's then deciding, well, what do you do? And I mean, we were working with an American brand that was doing 20 million, wanted to get to 55 million. And but they were losing 2 million a year. And it was fine when they had all the VC money pumping in, and but we were brought in to to turn it around. And the, and the first thing that we did was we moved the marketing budget because that was an instant effect. So you know they were spending, I think it was about two hundred thousand on Google, a hundred thousand on Facebook, and we we just we kept the same budget because they wanted to grow still, but we just moved it around, and that was that was instant. You know, so rather than cutting the budget, because if we cut if we cut the budget, we're definitely not going to grow. We're not going to acquire. We need to recruit new customers still, but we just looked at it. And and from a Google Shopping perspective, we said, well, you know, you've got you've you've got a thousand products in your feed. You know, you're selling cots and you're selling chairs and duvets and and, and pajamas. And we looked at the ones that had a low margin, and we looked at the products that had zero lifetime customer value. And we looked at the ones that had a better margin and we had better lifetime customer value. And we said, well, well, let's move the budget to those. And that was a quick, easy decision. Though obviously over time, you know, it will, will, will make a big difference. So we moved the budget. Right? That was the first thing to do. And I think the second thing to do was we we looked at any non-discretional spend. So we looked at things that were, you know, as you're growing in lockdown, lots of e-commerce brands bought loads of apps. Like there'll be loads of fancy personalization apps and 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 little widgets to do this and that and 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 it was kind of you know seemed like a great thing to do when you're really growing. But now, if you're faced with the reality of, of a declining ROAS, you know your margins going to make a big difference. So so we also cut apps that were doing nothing, you know, or an app that they were they were paying you know I think. A thousand dollars for, and all they were using was the recently viewed bit of it. You know, it's like just get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. And so we, we tried to be tried to be lean. So anything like that, we tried to, be, you know, be logical and sense. But the money that we had, we wanted to make it work, work a lot harder. And that's generally. But I think ultimately, the fundamental question is how much it costs to recruit a customer and how much that customer's worth to us over a lifetime. And that's that's the that's always the two questions. It's interesting, isn't it? And we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record. So I'm going to bring it up again now, guys, because we were talking good stuff. So I think we should we should put this on tape, which is it's it's do the marketing fundamentals right. Cut costs where you can, spend your budget in the right places, and you'll be okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely. So when we we just before we were chatting, we were talking about about the market and what we were doing and the strategy, and really like during lockdown, we had basically it was like Black Friday every day. You know, we had we had scarcity and we had urgency because the shops were shut, and on the back end of lockdown, you could see it starting to reduce slightly. The conversion rates were dropping, the ROAS was dropping, and and a lot of the e-commerce brands owners, to be honest, some of them thought they were geniuses during lockdown. We cracked it. And the reality was the shops were shut. You weren't geniuses after all. And that sounds quite harsh, but, you know, there's no magic wand. You can't cut through you know, the fundamental basics of, of your value proposition and your marketing. You know, people are not going to buy from you by accident, by fun. It comes from carefully planning the fundamentals. And I always say it's like don't go off piece too soon. You know, and now coming out of lockdown, it's going back to the stuff we were talking about pre-lockdown, which is getting the basics right. And you don't exist in a vacuum and I was jotting the things down. You know, we always we do something called a market square test, where you 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 take the products you're selling and you go into Google and you you you, you look at well, who's selling the same products? Who are we competing against? What's their delivery time? What's their offer architecture? What's their returns policy? What's their warranty? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, they're the things that you need to be doing, rather than thinking about what apps to go and do to do your personalization. Go and go and do some fundamental market tests. And the second thing we always look at is do, does it, does an econ business pass the busy restaurant test? And the busy restaurant test is a, is a fun thing that Mark and I came up with. Which essentially, imagine if you're walking down the high street, you're really hungry, you're in London, and you're trying to find a restaurant to eat at. You've got two restaurants next to each other. One is three quarters full, and what the other one is empty. Which which one are you going to go into? You know, your assumption is because the restaurant that's empty, it's rubbish. And loads of e-commerce brands don't pass the busy restaurant test. You know, you land on a product page and there's zero evidence that anyone has ever bought from them, ever. So, you know, first of all, do you pass the busy restaurant test? You know, and, and then it's the basics, like is your navigational flow good enough? You know, is your bounce rate really high? Where are they landing? You know, what page is it landing on? Have we dealt with the main anxieties and frictions? What is our returns policy? What is our warranty? What is our guarantee? Is it in the right place? And, you know, have we demonstrated trust and credibility? And have we given the reason to act now? Have we defined our recruitment strategy and our retention strategy? These are all just basic fundamental things that, you know, you, you, we were doing in 2008 and they're still relevant now in 2022. Yeah, it's not... It's not rocket science. And I guess the, the key thing I want everyone to get from, from today's episode is please, please, please do not just suddenly cancel a load of stuff. Yes, go and cancel the apps that you're spending money on and the tools you're spending money on that you're not using and that aren't delivering. But don't just go and slash your ad spend. Be cleverer marketers than that. And the next thing I wanted to ask you about, Ian, is... I had um, a couple of months ago recorded an episode with the lady who founded Cheeky Wipes, which is a pretty big brand. They're, they're well up in the seven figures. They sell period pants. They sell baby uh, reusable baby wipes and systems and various other bits and pieces. 
very sustainable brand, but she was in the process of changing all their key messaging to talk more about the cost saving benefits, because that's what the customers were going to be interested in, in her prediction over the next six, nine months, as inflation goes up, wages don't keep pace with it, et cetera, et cetera. So are you, would you say that's a good strategy at the moment to, to get really clear with what your customers are obsessed with at the moment and make sure your market, your key marketing messages is working for them? It is. And the, the thing that, that we always say to e-commerce brands, you know, you do need to understand what, what the job to be done is, which is why people buy from you. And you've got to understand what the anxieties and frictions are. And they change over time. And the, the trick we always use is we go into the market. And how awesome is this, right? You can go now onto any of your competitors in your market and you can analyze their reviews. And you can see what people love about them and what they hate about them. And that's like how many loads of e-commerce brands don't do this, but it's incredible that you can find out exactly why customers buy from your competitors and what they don't like about your competitors. It's right there in front of you. And as that changes over to that messaging there, that would have that would have shown itself in the reviews. And so we always take we take the good reviews and we look at why they're good and we put it into different categories. And so, yeah, you know, maybe six or seven, you know, great value for money, incredible delivery, fantastic product quality, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, and then the negative one. And that, that the positive reviews of the job to be done, that's your marketing message. And that, that dictates the, the, the theme and the, and the strategy. And then the negative reviews are what they're anxious about. And, the, and, the, and those you, you've got to be aware of this. And I always say you should be looking at this at least once a quarter where you go out and you pull off, you do an exercise, pull off, you know, maybe, you know, two or 300. You know, I know it seems like a lot of work, but actually it's only a couple of hours. And you're just seeing over time what's changing in the market. Why are people buying from this competitor? How have they grown? It's a fantastic one. And that changes over time. And you basically, you then make sure that you, you these key messaging is, is in the copy, is on the product page, how, how can you de-risk it? It's 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 a very simple technique, but it makes such a difference. Well, Ian, thank you for all of that. We've now given the audience definitely at least five big tasks to go away and get their business ready for this autumn. So it's been awesome at picking your brains about marketing in a recession. Listeners, remember, you need to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Ian's insider tips and my suggestions for more resources to help you improve things even further in your business. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Ian, so far we've gone deep into marketing in a recession. Shouldn't be using that word, but hey, it just sums it up so easily. Uh, now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of getting ready for Q4. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with e-commerce at all, which of course includes everything we've been talking about. So Ian, you ready for these? 
Yes. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Okay, so if you're if you're a newbie, and they, and actually a lot of people don't do this even when they're doing significant numbers, but I would start with I would start with looking at the maths. I know that sounds a bit of a boring answer, but you have to understand the maths. You have to know how much it's going to cost to recruit a customer. You've got to understand your margins, you know, what ROAS you can go after, what lifetime customer value you need. So you need to do your maths, get your metrics right. But then I would look at how I can be a disruptor. Fundamentally, you've got to know, well, how can I get people to buy from me? So if you just imagine that your future customers are floating around in Google, buying from other people, and you're a new, a new e-com brand, You've got to convince them to buy from you who've never heard of you, and you've got to stop them buying from their existing supplier, which probably is much bigger than you. So that's the question you've got to answer, is how can I be a disruptor and offer something different and make it very clear why they can buy from me? And I think the second thing, or I don't know if that, maybe this is the third thing, is that don't be too precious about your brand so if you've got an econ business that you're doing, you know, naught to 10 million, you don't have a brand. Like your brand comes from recruiting customers and having a customer database and a customer house file. That's where your brand comes from. So if you can't recruit customers, you don't have a brand. So don't be don't be too precious about doing a really strong recruitment offer. Because at the end of the day, there's no point having a fantastic looking econ business if no one's buying anything. So I say, don't be precious, because that's the number one objection we get is, I don't want to do an offer. And right now, no offer, no sales, in my opinion. You, you know, but that, but that offer has to be built on value and trust. So I said a few things there, Chloe, apologies. No, no, it's good. They were all really good. And I think that that offer point is one that's so worth making again and again and again, because the temptation is to go, oh, we'll just take 20% of everything. That is not the right thing to do. Structure your offer based on the fact you know your numbers and you know what the customer that you're going after and get cleverer with it. Now, once of course, once you've started even, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve performance? Well, undoubtedly, it's focusing on those two questions. How much does it cost us to recruit a customer and how much it co- how much they're worth us over a lifetime, which is which is basically e-commerce. But focusing on ROAS, I have to say, and I think the truth of it is now most e-com brands are going to grow by paying to play, because you know, 15 years ago, yes, we might have had an opportunity to get some really good SEO organic. You know, all the platforms now, it's pay to play, apart from a bit of TikTok and a bit of LinkedIn. But it's, it, you know, Google and Facebook, we have to pay to be there. So if we want to scale the business, we have to look at the Goliaths in the room and work with them. We can't look at Google and say, Google, you're only giving me a four times ROAS. We have to architect our business to work with a, a four times ROAS. One of the things that we've seen that was a bit of a game changer, really. Was and I'm sure Chloe, you've had so many conversations with people about attribution, and like, oh, yeah. how do I attribute this sale? I look at my revenue in Facebook and look at my revenue in Google, 
and telling me I did 600,000. Well, he only did 400,000. So we got obsessed with, with attribution modeling. And what we started to do in the last couple of years is take an overall picture of ROAS. And we've said, look, imagine if we were doing billboard advertising, you know, 20 years ago, we hadn't got a clue what our advertising was doing, but we knew that we'd spent £20,000 in a month and we'd recruited £100,000 worth of new customers. And that was as far as it went. <laughs> and we like to do that now with our econ brands because we take because all it all touches if you if you say if you try to be too granular with it on a daily basis it just doesn't work so we do we do the blended ROAS always the first thing we ever do when we're going into a business to try and scale it we do the blended ROAS and we look at it over a rolling period of time because we want to know the true true picture of our advertising so that 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 you know if you can scale your e-commerce business you'll do it by being able to buy traffic profitably. I love that because, yeah, you're so right. Everyone, we have to pay to play these days. And I love that concept of the blended ROAS. Just that's, guys, just to be really clear on this, this is total month sales, total month's marketing spend. That's what you're looking at. And please, everyone, stop obsessing about attribution. Yes, it's lovely. Yes, you could do a PhD in it, but it's not today going to help you survive the rest of the year. Uh, Chloe will get off her soapbox now and ask Ian another question. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there a cheap or free resource you'd recommend? There are so many resources about e-commerce and you have to be careful about who you listen to because there's, there's a, there's a, our world is full of shiny distractions. Oh, yes. Um, and magic wands. Uh, and we all want a magic wand, don't we, and a magic pill. But and I think you, you've got to you've got to cut through the, uh, the the shiny distractions. And I think the two the two things I think Chloe's podcasts are fantastic, and you should listen to all of them and make notes on every single one because there's so much great stuff in there. And thank you very much, Ian. That's very very kind of you. And it mean it means a lot coming from someone with your uh, e-commerce credentials too. Well, that's 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 also very kind. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your I think your podcasts are fantastic, and I think the the book Mark and I wrote called e-commerce, which basically, if you just Google the Hamlesley Brothers book, is a good starting point because it does cut through the the shiny distractions, gets down to the fundamental basics. And we wrote it in 2018, and it's still credible now because it doesn't talk about anything new, fancy. It's all about the fundamentals. So I, I, I would go and read that personally. I, I think it was a, it, it was a great capture of the of the fundamental ones. Um, I'm going to second that recommendation for your book because. You need to understand the numbers right now, everybody. And the best way, the fastest way to get to grips with what the numbers are and to work on them and to understand them and to understand the ones you actually need to care about is to read Ian's book. So, um, yeah, seconded. Thank you, Chloe. That's very <laughs> and, nice of you. <laughs> and after this very lovely, lovely, loving section, uh, let's move on to the crystal ball question. What's yeah. coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well, I think... On a granular, on a, on a specific level, I think we'll see platforms like TikTok and Facebook groups 
further monetizing their model. I mean, we, we've 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 seen quite a few brands do really well with with Facebook groups, and that's quite interesting. You know, and the ones that did well or were, were not as affected by the Facebook iOS four the, the Apple iOS fourteen change were the ones that had got really strong Facebook groups around their brands because uh, it, it tended to be almost unaffected by it. So, But I think, I think the Facebook groups might well be monetized, so perhaps just w- watch out for that. I think TikTok has, has gone, is, is actually becoming a great platform. They've now just launched the, the, the creator content, haven't they? You can actually go and get creative, creating uh, creative done directly you know, yeah it's very cool platform. it is isn't it yeah and the other thing that's happening we saw this lots in america already but was sms marketing and they were they've been doing it for some time and in the uk now it seems to be cutting on probably because clavio is pushing it but <laughs> we see loads of people trying to do sms and we and I, th- I know you've talked about this before, but the SMS one is, an, is, is wh- whether or not you use it for recruitment or retention, but it certainly has a place if it's done right and it's not intrusive. But So that's quite interesting. About I think we're going to see much more SMS marketing. That's like going back to 2008 there, isn't it? That's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to the text messages. Um, I'm just going to add one thing on the SMS front. People, if you're going to try SMS, do not copy and paste your email marketing plans into your SMS marketing plans. That won't work. Uh, go and go and find out how to do SMS properly, which we have some episodes on if you scroll back through the feed. But, um, but yeah, slightly different strategy um, and spending a bit of time planning that will definitely pay off. Um, Ian, it has been so awesome chatting to you. Um, we are very nearly at the end of the show, though. So can you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Well, that's great. Well, it, yeah, thank you, Chloe. I've really enjoyed it. Um, if you if you want to find out more, if you want to find out where the book is, you can just Google the Hammersley Brothers. Um, and that'll take you straight to our site. and You can then have a look at the book. Or you can find me on LinkedIn and it's Ian Hammersley on LinkedIn. There we go. Simple as that. Ian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been lovely catching up with you, reminiscing, and you've shared such brilliant advice. It's been an utter pleasure. Thank you, Chloe. Lovely to speak. So some excellent insights there from Ian. How would we have expected anything less from such a stalwart of the e-commerce space? So I mentioned, I think there's five key tips in there. So I'm going to give you those now. One was move your marketing budget. Don't cut it, just reallocate it to the best bit of your advertising activity. Um, Look at that discretionary spend, your cost, your overheads. Where can you trim the money? Have you paid for a team management tool that you're not using anymore? Have you paid for a widget you've installed on your Shopify store that you're not using anymore or that's not generating enough to justify its existence? Look through those cost lines and see where you can trim the fat to make yourself a bit leaner, improve your margins overall a little bit. Thirdly, the market square test that was doing the research on your competitors, see what what how you stack up against them. The Ford, fourth one even was the busy restaurant test. Essentially, social proof. Does it clearly look on your website like other people love shopping from your website? And then five, look at the best ways to update your messaging so as they are on track for what your customers want to be hearing from you. 
great way to do that is look at yours and your competitors' reviews. What are they saying they like about you? What are they saying they don't like about you? Either address those issues or go and fix them would be even better on the reviews front. So loads of great advice in there. The book that we were mentioning in the abstract, sorry about that, everybody, was The Ultimate Guide to E-Commerce Growth, Seven Unexpected KPIs to Scale an E-Commerce Shop to 10 Million Plus. It's excellent. The best guide to KPIs in e-commerce I have ever come across. And it really does make the numbers so much more easy to understand and helps you focus in on the ones that matter. So I'm highly recommending of their book. Uh, It's available on Amazon. We'll put links to it in the show notes. Also in the show notes, unsurprisingly, you know this by now, you can get links to all the things we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, our version of the notes and more. That's all at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode links. That's just put keepopt.com forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page. Magic. Once you're on the website, you can do one of two things or even both of them. You can add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on the other things we share to help you improve your business. And you can sign up for our monthly Q&A webinar. I am aiming to get all of our guests from this month back together like some kind of e-commerce podcasting dream team to answer your questions about what you should be doing for the rest of the year. That is going to be a not to miss session. If if only because I think we've got at least four e-commerce podcasters on the same webinar. So it could all go horribly, horribly wrong. Should be quite entertaining for those of you watching it. I suspect they would be just simply packed with great info. And as I said, it's going to be your chance to get your questions answered. And you can find out all about that on the website, keepoptimizing.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then do go and check out the last one, episode 112, because I think it's really going to help you build on what you've learned in this episode because we get into pricing, which is an element we didn't really talk about, but which is really important for your plans. And make sure you're ready to listen to next week's episode because we're going to be talking about how to survive the recessionary times in more ways than just with that marketing angle. And if you want some more advice from Ian, then take a listen to episode 400 that we recently put out over on the e-commerce master plan podcast, where uh, we were asking various experts their tips for dealing with the supply chain crisis. And Ian very kindly gave us one of those too. What else have I got to tell you before we we hang up on this episode? Well, please do spread the word amongst other e-commerce marketers because this show exists to help them just as much as it does to help you. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.